Thank you for joining us on the Salem Alliance Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit us at salemalliance.org. We are a place with just a diversity of different beliefs, just different people, differing ideas on things that all come together and fight for unity. We're a place where we go after unity over uniformity. And I want to talk a little bit about that concept today. We are a people with many differences. We are a multi-generational church. We bring together all these different ages together. We, we get together. We have different ideas of what worship should look like, and we bring those people together. We are represented by people that look at cultural different. People look at it this way and how we should even relate to our city. We have differing opinions. We have different political affiliations represented around here. We have different socioeconomic levels, different ethnicities that worship together. And when you bring all of that together under one roof, under one body, it can get pretty interesting. In fact, it can be so, so, so hard to fight through the messy. But what we're going to be looking at here today is that it's really important to do so. Because when we come together with all of our differences and we fight and we become a wind-powered, spirit-filled community and we can push through that, it is so, so, so powerful. It is beautiful. And it is incredible witness to our world. It's a big part about how how peace can be brought to a divided city. It testifies to who Jesus is. It's a glimpse of the new heaven and new earth being lived out. Unity and diversity is always better than the unity that is found in uniformity, where everyone looks the same, acts the same, votes the same, says the same things. There is a beauty in the diversity that we get to see. Although, it's, although it can be really messy, we value unity so much here. We feel that in our differences, though our differences might cause some tension at time, though we might offend one another, though we might just annoy or frustrate one another, somehow, when we come together with those differences and when it is wind-powered, it is powerful. Those differences somehow sharpen us. They somehow make us more attractive to our world, to our city. They, more than anything, they help us remember what is most important, that Jesus is Lord. And they remind us to proclaim that to those around us. This is what we're going to be talking about today. And I summarize it kind of in one idea, and this is the idea. Wind-powered communities demonstrate unity to a divided world. Over and over, we see the Apostle Paul, he is writing this idea to the churches that are struggling with this concept of unity. Why? Why is disunity, why is division so pervasive in the church? Let me tell you why. It's because a church that is united has incredible power. They are a witness to those around them. When a church is united, it testifies to the perfect union of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit working together in perfect unity. Perfect unity is a powerful, powerful demonstration. It is the mechanism of how God is showing what needs to be fixed in the world. It is how he demonstrates his love. It is the witness in a world where disunity reigns of what can be. And because unity is so powerful, it's what the enemy comes after. 
And I don't know if you've noticed this, but the church, the big C church, the church of our city, the church of our nation is pretty disunified, quite fragmented, categorized, and divided. Last week, Steve began looking at 1 Corinthians 12, and we're going to be looking at the second half of that chapter today. And you can turn there if you would like with me. But what he taught us, what he showed us from that passage is that we are gifted with these gifts from the Spirit to point our world to Jesus for the common good. My gifts are for you. Your gifts are for me. It's a beautiful concept. He also went after what I would call a spiritual stronghold that exists. It exists in our nation. It exists even in our church. It's crept in, and it's a spiritual stronghold that I would call consumerism. And Steve challenged us to be contributors rather than just coming and looking to see what we can get. How can we be people that are looking to serve one another first? You see, I love this chapter here in, in, in chapter 12 in 1 Corinthians. Paul, he's coming after the church in Corinth. He's kind of coming after them. See, their selfishness has led to some division. Not disagreements. It's led to just flat-out division. I believe this is because they're a church full of ball hogs. They're a church full of showboats. They don't want to share the ball. They don't want to share the rock. They're a church that's full of musicians that love to, to give their solo. And when they do their solo, they go on just a little bit too long. They're a church full of those people at the party that when the dance circle gets going, they get in that circle a little bit too often and they stay a little bit too long. And yet Paul here is saying that's not how it is. He's giving it. He's admonishing the church in Corinth and he's saying you got to make the extra pass. He's saying you got to be like the conductor that steps away when the applause comes and gives it to the orchestra. He's saying you need to allow those wallflowers that are, that are over there, you need to let them shine a little bit at the party every now and then. And Paul here is describing us, the church, as a human body. He's using this beautiful analogy. We pick it up. 1 Corinthians 12. I'm starting in verse 12. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews. Some are Gentiles. Some are slaves and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. The Apostle Paul goes on, and he talks about how this body needs to work together, how it would not work if we were all ears or we were all hands, but how that we need to fight for harmony. We need to go after unity, how we need to suffer when one part suffers, how we need to, to look for honor and experience that honor when one part experiences honor. Over the last two weeks, I've been really looking at this passage, and I've begun to look at this idea of unity and the fight that we have to have to maintain unity as a high form of worship. You see, throughout Scripture, we see that it is a form of worship. Oftentimes, the manifest presence of God falls when we are fighting for unity. And I've been asking myself this question, a lot of other people this question, is there anything is there anything more important that we should be fighting for than unity and love? Is there any more important worship, act of worship, that we can bring to God than our fighting for unity? It's what Jesus so beautifully prays to the Father on behalf of us as he intercedes for us in John 17. He says, I have given them the glory that you gave me 
so they may be one as you, Father, you and I are one. I am in them and they are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Father God loves to see his church united. It brings him great, great joy. As a father, there's few things that bring me as much joy as when I'm in a certain room, often I'll be in a room with my wife, Jess, and we're hanging out, and we overhear all four of our kids, four teenagers in the other room. And when there's laughter, or they're helping one another, or encouraging one another, or playing a game together, and it just kind of gets loud, we look at each other. And there's this joy There's this thankfulness, this gratefulness that the unity that they have together, and it's similar. Father God loves it when his people, his church, his bride are walking in that unity. In 1 Corinthians 10, earlier in the book that we're looking at today, Paul tells the church in Corinth, he says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church. Rather, be of one mind, united in thought and in purpose. Unity is a beautiful thing. It's in that unity when we speak, when we make declarations together of our common belief that oftentimes his presence shows up. Church, this is why we have these timeless creeds that we use every now and then around here. Sometimes we sing them. Sometimes we declare them. And today, I want to declare one of them together. It's one of these I believe statements. And today, I want us to declare the Apostles' Creed together. Whether you're in a house church or you're gathered with your family, would you read this out loud with me? It's an early creed taken from many of the words of the apostles. And it was often a creed that someone would, would recite out loud before they would go into the waters of baptism. There is one line kind of towards the end of it. It says the Holy Catholic Church. And many people have questions about what does that exactly mean? And It doesn't mean the Greek Catholic Church or the Roman Catholic Church. What it's talking about is the true Christian church of all times and all places. So read that line as well, loud, together, promoting unity. Would you read the Apostles' Creed with me? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You see, when we say that together, it creates just this unifying act of worship, and it builds our unity as a people. And church, we need to take steps to build and encourage that unity Probably more than ever in my lifetime, the world needs to see a united church. They need to see it exampled and modeled for them. We have this common thread as the church. It's what our foundation is built on, this common thread that Jesus 
is Lord. And yet, even that analogy of a common thread is, a, is a really not an accurate analogy. You see, when you declare that Jesus is your Lord, when he is your Savior, you are part now of the kingdom of God. You are part of the church, of the family of God. And see, you're not just sewn into that family. You're not sewn in with thread. You are grown in. You are grafted in. You become part of it. And therefore, when someone decides to leave because of division, it is painful. You see, it's not just the removal of some stitches. It is actually the breaking away. It is the amputation. It is a clear, painful breaking, separation, a divorce. And many of you are, are, are in seasons where you're struggling with that. Some of you are even on the fence of, do I want to fight through the messy and fight for unity? And the invitation today is, please do. Please fight for unity. You see, Paul here is saying that we need every, everyone. We need that valuable hand and that helpful ear. We need those gifts. We need those people. So would you fight through the messy? Would you fight for unity rather than dividing and looking for uniformity? You see, God calls us, the church, to be vibrant and powerful. And that is best seen when we are walking in perfect unity. Not a perfect worship service, not with perfect leadership, not even with perfect doctrine or perfect systems. It is perfect unity found in diversity. And progressing through our differences is messy, but it is beautiful, and it is a high form of worship. So church, would you engage with it? Here in, in this chapter, Paul is going after the importance of finding unity in the use of the gifts that have been given to us by Spirit. And I know that many of our house churches, we know this is relevant. The debates are there today. Are the gifts for us? How many can we have? Are they all still available for today? And I've heard as I've talked to house church leaders and others that there are some positive conversations going on, that there are just differences that are appearing, sharpening one another. People are agreeing to even disagree on things, and it's been done in love, and I hear it's been a beautiful testimony of how we are a church that thinks differently yet maintains unity. But the truth is that in this time, our reality is that great division and disunity is going to happen because of how we see the gifts being manifest. Greater is probably what else we see Paul talking about here, as he is going after the ethnic, social, and economic differences that we see in the church of Corinth. And friends, we have those same differences here at Sam Alliance Church. In fact, I believe that if the Apostle Paul was writing to us, that he would specifically write this letter a little bit differently. Might he write that the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are wealthy. Some of us are living paycheck to paycheck. Some of us are stuck in generational poverty. And some of us don't know where we're going to lay our head tonight. All of those are true of the body that makes up Salem Alliance Church. Or might he go after what is on the hearts and minds of many of us right now? And might he say that some of us are Republican and some of us are Democrat and some of us are Libertarian and some of us are simply tired? But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit 
and we shall share that same spirit. The reality is that the political tensions are on the rise, and we at Sam Alliance Church are a pretty apolitical place to be. And we celebrate that we have people that have different political affiliations together, and yet this is going to potentially be a difficult week for some of you. But that's okay, because I'm here, and I've got a phrase that I'm going to give you that's going to help you get through this week. Are you ready for this phrase? Let me get you this phrase. Abiding in the Spirit allows unity to trump division. You see what I did there? You see it? I hope you see it. I need to copyright this one. I need to get some apolitical pins made up. But what I'm trying to say here is that it's important. And we need the power of the Spirit. You see, wind-powered communities find their identity in Jesus, not in their affiliations. Our unity, our identity is found in Jesus and nothing else. Yes, we might have affiliations. Those affiliations aren't bad. In fact, for some of us, we live out our faith through those affiliations. But what happens is when those affiliations become where we get our identity from, that's where things can go bad. Our identity is in Jesus. The fact that Jesus is Lord, nothing else. I personally find it refreshing when I hear people say, I have trouble categorizing Salem Alliance Church. I don't know what they are. Let me tell you, I don't have difficulty. I'll tell you who we are. We're a group of people that declare that Jesus is Lord, that want to see peace come to our city. We are wind-powered, we are moving forward, and we are fighting for unity. And so, church, as the enemy comes to dismantle and come after our unity and tries to bring in division, we need to remember that Jesus is Lord. And so in the coming weeks, in the coming months, when the generation above you or below you, when they just don't get your perspective, remember that the banner flying over you still says Jesus is Lord when we struggle to find consensus on how to lessen the economic disparity among us, remember that the banner that's flying over us still says Jesus is Lord. When a hand says, I've had enough and I think I'm going to leave that body, remember that the banner flying over us still says Jesus is Lord. When it seems like someone is bringing attention to themselves and using the spiritual gift that they've been given for their own benefit rather than the benefit for others, remember that the banner that's flying over us still says Jesus is Lord. And when the election results are announced, church, remember that the banner that's flying over us still says Jesus is Lord. We must fight for unity. We must persevere through the messy. It is an act of worship. What does fighting for unity look like? Let me give you a couple of examples of what I think that might look like in the coming week, in the coming months for you. Fighting for unity looks like questioning ourselves rather than looking for vindication. It looks like encouraging and understanding rather than comparing and diminishing what someone else said. It looks like humility and our uncertainty rather than fighting for that ideological victory. It looks like inner kindness rather than hateful self-talk towards another individual. It looks like fighting for the common good rather than what is best for me. It is a shared possession rather than a personal possession. 
It's discourse, not antagonism. It's engaging and listening rather than formulating the rebuttal. It's quick to listen and slow to post. It's empathy rather than vilifying. Church, this message isn't about how to get through an election week. This is so much bigger than that. This is the kingdom of God. Our unity is based in love, and it is so powerful. It is the witness to our city. This week, can I encourage you to go back and read 1 Corinthians 12, but would you read it knowing that all it's doing is setting the table for 1 Corinthians 13? And would you read that passage as well? Sam Alliance, we need to recognize that our fights are not with each other. Our fight is against the evil one who looks to kill and destroy and disrupt our powerful, beautiful unity. Our unity is key to bringing peace to our city. Remember, our foundation. Our foundation is Jesus is Lord. It has always been that. It is that now. And it will always, always be that. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we declare that you are a perfect God. And it is a privilege to be part of your family, the church. Spirit, would you come upon us? Would you give us courage to fight for unity? Would you give us the ability, the ability to press through the messy, to be sharpened by those who think different than us, to receive them in, to learn from them? Would you give us patience where we need patience? And most of all, Lord, would all of this, would our unity be a gift of worship to you? Would it be a pleasing aroma? And would our city see that we are different? Use our unity to bring more people to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us on the Salem Alliance Church Podcast. We are a community of believers located in downtown Salem, Oregon, and we are passionate about our city being a city at peace with God. If you have a request that we could pray for, please email us at prayers at salemalliance.org. If you'd like more information about this podcast or other resources, please visit us at salemalliance.org.